Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloset. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. It is time once again for the Life Uncloseted podcast. I'm your host, Rick Clemens, and every couple of weeks we have this podcast. We dive into looking at those closets of our life, everything from the LGBTQ experience on up to maybe you're coming out of the closet of wanting to run your own business or find your own path to doing something that's really passionate. And regardless of where we go, we focus on helping you dump your excuses, face your fears and live your unapologetic life. And as someone who is in the LGBTQ community, I can tell you for years and years and years that one of the things I struggled with was my own hidden demons. And I just happened to come across someone who actually has a book by that name, and we're going to dive into that journey with him momentarily. But I also want to remind you that if you are struggling with those hidden demons, please go to rickclemens.com, click on the navigation link that has the chats, and we do several online chats for people coming out of the closet, guys over 40, and even at one for the LGBTQ community. So those are free chats that happen once or sometimes twice a month depending on the chat that you're involved in. And it's a time for you to come together and embrace your own demons and work through them. So let's talk about these demons. David Clyde Price is the guy that's going to join me here. And his book is Hidden Demons from Struggle to Life Fulfillment. And David, I'm really happy that you're here, man. I know you're joining us from in the UK, but um, thank you for taking time to Talk about what you've learned about, you know, the hidden demons, mental health, the emotional intelligence and everything behind it. I love this concept and I can't wait to have this conversation, sir. Thank you, Rick. That's a great introduction and it's great to be here too. Yeah. So so what really brought you about to this? I mean, uh, you know, obviously LGBTQ people aren't the only ones with demons in their lives, but there is a special kind of sense that we struggle with a lot of other stuff. And I know this book was part of you starting to unpack lots of different things. So why don't you give us a little background of what brought you to this book in particular? Well, uh, I was born in South London to Welsh parents. Uh, I graduated from Cambridge University with a PhD in Renaissance history. I won a research fellowship to study at the university and lecture in uh, Bologna in Italy. And I wrote my first books, including a gay novel set in New York. Mm. Um, We're living as a farmer translator in Tuscany. Mm. So that's kind of, you know, as a writer academic, quite a good kickoff. Yep, absolutely, man. Kind of of mixed, but interesting, right? So then... I then moved to Japan and Hong Kong to study Asian cultures and followed by five years as the chief speechwriter for one of the world's leading banks. And in parallel with this professional career, I continued to develop a passion for the people and the uh, religions and cultures of the world, which was uh, reflected in a series of travel books and business leadership books. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And these are the basis of my work with people of many different backgrounds as they seek to move forward and overcome the stress the burnout and the anxiety they're facing in their personal and professional lives. 
but so but, L, but LGBTQ people do not have any stress or challenges in their lives, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's nothing we have to contend <laughs> really? with. So yeah, why should we worry about this, right? So um, of course I'm joking, everybody. We all yeah. know that it's not. If if it's somewhat simple, then you're blessed. Let's just leave it at that. So. But um, you've written four books, but there's something interesting just in the name itself, The Hidden Demons. And I know as I, inter I talked about this, I had a lot of hidden demons, like I wasn't worthy enough, I could never find love, all these sort of things that were going through my mind. But yet, as you so eloquently say in some of the stuff that I've read, so much of this is the stories that we start to tell ourselves. That's right. Yes. Those unconscious drives that we have. So as you studied this, what were some of the things that you personally started to go, I think there's some correlations here that you could put together to like really help people, you know, walk through. Well, I, I took my life story as the basis for Hidden Demons. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a pretty raw and straightforward uh, story in parts. Um, it deals with alcoholism, uh, uh, fear of coming out as a gay man but in the 1970s as it happens. Mm -hmm. Finding my true love, which took a while to. So it's like the story of my life and coming out and those unconscious uh, uh, stories that I told myself that I wasn't quite good enough. Um, right. The difficulties of coming out. Um, I'm not, <laughs> not the only LGBTQ man at all who uh, finds, you know, ha has this kind of uh, story in the background. And so this recurred throughout my life in different ways. It came to the, to the surface or just below the surface in different ways, despite, you know, a good record of achievement and outward signs of success. Mm -hmm. So it's, the book is a story about how each one of us can conquer adversity, um, yet uh, find your true self and become the best that you can possibly be. But it's not just a story of my life, it's the story of, all of us really mm -hmm. and uh, but because i it's the story of a, of a gay man it's therefore particularly uh, angled i guess towards the lgbtq community what are some of the i, I mean i know you coach and you've got your phd and everything so you've had a lot of different experiences here but i'm curious from your perspective and mm -hmm. and you come from you come from a generation that really was kind of <laughs> in the midst of this whole gay movement, like actually coming to life, you know, and being like, okay, we are here, we're queer. And I know you don't like us being here, but you guys in your generation. And I even remember me as a young kid in that same six, late sixties, early seventies era, I was just becoming, you know, stepping into my teenage life. I had a gay uncle. But there were so many things that were happening in that era that actually are the reason that I had my own demons. And I'm curious, mm -hmm. as you have seen all these different things happen, what are some common demons that you find that occur very regularly in our LGBTQ community? Well, I think, you know, as I was saying about achievement, it doesn't matter what you achieve. There's a sort of lingering dissatisfactions often in gay lives. LGBTQ lives, um, that you're not quite good enough, that you haven't done well enough, or, you know, are you, are you living up to the expectations that uh, people have had of you, your family, um, perhaps of your community or colleagues or whatever? Are you quite the real deal? 
Um, and that comes from a kind of lingering uh, sense of unease. Um, and it expressed itself in my case with a re recurrent alcoholism mm -hmm. um, and depression. Um, but not kind of depression that was kind of black. It was like uh, I, I functioned. Um, but in between came these bouts of alcoholism. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, I managed to get off it for uh, when, I met, when I met my lifelong partner, who I'm still together with now in Hong Kong. And for 14 or 15 years, we were fine. And I, you know, I, there were few signs of the anxiety, except I was not entirely happy in the, in the mm -hmm. multinational bank and therefore eventually left to set up my own company and coaching business, etc. Right. But uh, and then we got separated because um, my other half, Simon, had to go to to London, UK, to to get residence and for a passport, um, which was all very difficult. And I'd set up a, a, a coaching company in Hong Kong to start with. So we were separated for a while, and then it started again. You know, mm -hmm. it comes out from beneath, from from behind the drapes comes this uh, this uh, little demon. That, uh, that wants to, and of course you think that it's not so important. You know, you got out with signs of success. I got a, some status, I got some money uh, in a big multinational bank, right? Mm -hmm. But then I asked myself, is this all there is? Mm -hmm. um, there I was in Hong Kong, isolated, alone, only talking to Simon by the phone sometimes, and then going out on the occasional, uh, what you call it, um, you know, tipple, more than tipple, mm -hmm. on, yeah. on a bender, really. Mm -hmm. um, I had a partner, but yeah, I was not satisfied. Something was not right. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I decided I was really going to coach. And that, you know, I, I started coaching senior leaders, etc. And that got me back on the, on the high road and away from the, from the alcohol again. Right. Um, and away from the, so much from the anxiety too, because I, it was fulfilling. Um, but yeah, I think those are the things that, some of the things that uh, yeah. as LGBTQ people, we, we uh, have lingering beneath the surface. Mm -hmm. It sounds like it in your case too. Yeah, there, there was always this anxiety. There was always this, um, you know, this shame piece about who I was. Mm. Um, I I guess I hit it more in <clears throat> probably outward appearances stuff like, okay, so I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, go for the job. I'm going to, you know, get married and have the quote perfect family and be the perfect dad. And, and, um, I did hide it somewhat in my weight. Cause I remember when I came out of the closet, I dropped like 120 pounds, um, mostly from stress not because, yeah. okay, let's get ready so I can go rocket and find a really good looking guy. Right. I, I that was part of it, but <laughs> it was a lot of stress. It was also a lot of weight, like literal and figurative weight that I shed because of, okay, now I'm finally being me. Um, but I do know I, I hit a lot of it in emotional eating and, right. um, I drank, but not, but I didn't drink to like, I never have felt that I was close to being an alcoholic. And, um, I see so many people in my world, as you do, that this anxiety, the shame, the lack of confidence, 
the self-worth pieces are are just so 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 prevalent in our lgbtq community mm-hmm. and then people go and their demons show up whether it be alcohol eating drugs sex um yeah. you know even even isolation i see that yes. as a huge demon and yeah. then people don't learn how to integrate or socialize and then they wonder why they can't have successful relationships and all these different things so yes much of what you have already brought up david i can fully relate to because i think every lgbtq person experiences anxiety and shame for sure and a lot of fear and self-loathing right on top of that yeah so as you started to work through this what were some of the things you knew that you could do or that you now can look back on and say, here's what I know I did that really helped me start to like (laughs) take over and beat those demons down. What were some things you found for yourself that really helped? Well, I started to analyze the stories I've been telling myself Mm -hmm. and to do that, you need to, you know, be in a quiet place with yourself to be able to hear them. Um, But that takes time. Um, but you will find that there are some stories that we've been surprisingly telling ourselves all this time and that we didn't really register. Yep. Um, and one of mine was like, you know, that I didn't do right enough. I didn't do well enough by my parents. Mm-hmm. You know, somehow I'd let them down despite the achievements and the, right. you know, the things that I'd done to, to please my father, etc., by going and getting my PhD, etc. That's not enough. Right. So, um, yeah, listening, that, listening to our inner stories, finding the real voices of ourselves. And I think uh, one of the big things for people that, that, that have mental health challenges is, is projecting too much into the, into the future or living in the past and not living in the present. Yeah. So if you've had experience, as I have, with, with a black hole or two black holes in my life when they're close mm-hmm. to suicide, you know that it's uh, it's a question of one one step at a time, one tiny step at a time. Yes. Um, maybe if you're going to do cold turkey, for example, you you know that's maybe two nights, so that, as I did in in a in a uh, in in uh, Korea on the on the floor because they have those tatami floors in, in right, Korea, right. and I could uh, kind of uh, do a do a cold turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, but telling myself to live in the present and to take the tiny steps, I think, you know, get to the next five minutes, get to the next 10, get to the hour, get to the half day, uh, get to a full day, 24 hours, little by little. We st- um, and then, you know, get into one week, maybe two weeks. And the brain is a very strange thing because we've learned all these patterns of addiction. Right. Um, sometimes unaware that we're le- that we're doing them. Right. Um, but if you start a new habit, they start to replace the old one. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the old ones. It's a very good. I, I have uh, seen it medically explained for the brain uh, in psychological terms. But there's some trigger in the brain that's to do with habit. Um, so relearning our our lives really. Um, listening to those stories and building a support team yes. because uh, so much, you know, for gay people often uh, we're kind of ashamed yeah. sometimes to say that we are 
having any difficulties. Mm -hmm. um, I expect it's a much more common attitude than we think. Mm -hmm. um, oh, it's it's much more common. Yeah, it, it shows up every. I I I can't even think of one client that I've worked with over the ten years that I've been coaching that that hasn't shown up. Right. You know, it's always there. And again, that piece is probably, you know, there's a couple that show up significantly, but that piece and and often the, you know, religious piece are the two that people just go to battle with and they battle and they battle and they battle and it, and it finally, you know, hopefully most of the time they finally battle through it for success. Yeah. But those two things can hold people hostage so, 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 so much. So you've got to have a support team. Yes. You've got to have people that you can trust, that you share your vulnerability with, and they also share theirs. Mm -hmm. um, and you don't accept to be isolated within your own secrecy or, you know, embarrassment or, or what would it do for my career if it was known around the, the company, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So you're, rather than thinking you can do everything by yourself, which is what we tend to do, and I often have done, look around in your workplace, among your friends, among your business partners, who would be likely to give you support and guidance if you needed them. Mm -hmm. And often they're right there in your world. Yep. And you'll be surprised how many of them like to share their vulnerability too. And that's because they've been where you are at some time in their lives, or are they even there right now? So instead of cutting ourselves off and hiding within our little hives of uh, secrecy and shame, we need to reach out. I also and, find it really interesting when we're in, just as humans, but I'm going to use this vulnerability of coming out and being who we are as gay LGBTQ individuals. I find a lot of frustration shows up when we're trying to find that support team and a lot of times the frustration comes from we navigate towards people that we think, okay, this will be a good fit, but yet, and not that any of us are perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I know David and I, neither one are going to say, oh yeah, we've got this all figured out. But what I find is the frustration point is somebody will start to find some people in the LGBTQ community that they feel like can be a really good support for them. And then suddenly they start hearing almost identical messages to what they did when they weren't out of the closet. Oh, well, here's how you do gay. And oh no, this is how you need to be. And this is what you should be doing. And oh, you're not gay enough or you're not a gay advocate enough. Or, and suddenly it starts all over again. The yeah, human demon starts showing up all yeah, over yeah. again. Yeah. We don't need to, we don't need to look, look out for other teachers. Right. Um, we only need people that can uh, share and, mm -hmm. They don't have to be necessarily LGBTQ, by the way. No. Mm -mm. Um, in fact, it might be helpful if they weren't sometimes, um, because uh, the, we, we have to recognize our common humanity and it's, it's out there. Um, everybody has mental health challenges at some point in their lives. Yep. Um, and it's a widespread um, pandemic of its own and growing at the moment. So mm -hmm. we can reach out to you know, not, not necessarily to a narrow LGBTQ circle. Um, you know, step outside a little bit every now and then. Um, and, and trust that if you do step outside, 
there may be the embracing that you're looking for yeah. that you haven't been able to find other places, you know? Yeah. And a lot of people like look and they're like, Oh, I, it has to be all gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that by any stretch <laughs> of the imagination, not, not. but I also think when you can bring that variety into yeah. your world where you get embraced by different types of people and you, you find that other people are very much um, embracing of who you are from their own personal perspective. Yes. I know I've found much more balance in my life. If mm. I'm only surrounded by those who are of like type and mind, mm. then I get really frustrated. And yeah, I can't and you, seem to. I can't seem to do what I need to do at that point. Yes, and it, it doesn't want to turn into a, a misery or victim victimhood uh, no. com competition either. Mm -hmm. You know, this it could be somebody in your own family. It could be somebody in the wider community, in your church, or whatever it is, um, in your choir. You know, exactly. You know, it's you know, breathe. <laughs> Life is very rich and diverse out there. Right. And sometimes I don't think we give ourselves that room to breathe. We yeah. don't, we, we get so caught up in here's what we believe we need to be doing and how we need to show up. And then suddenly we're, we're just stuck in this crazy, crazy space of I'm not getting the answers I need and I need it this way. Sometimes you need to have the breath yes. and that breath may mean you take that breath and you do learn to be with yourself or you yes. take that breath and you learn to be with yourself <laughs> with someone else who isn't quite identical to who you are. Or you take yeah. that breath yeah. and you find a way to show up in a circumstance where you just show up as you and the gay piece or the lesbian, bisexual, transgender piece isn't the focus of the showing up. You're just yeah. doing you. And yes. I'm not knocking anybody who really feels very tight and close to I'm, I'm gay and this is how I show up in life. Please go be that, but also give room for others who are like, this isn't quite how I want to show up in life. And I've had so many clients say, well, you know, I just want to be me, but I'm not going to be out there waving the rainbow flag into that. I say, then don't <laughs> just yeah. be you. And I, I know that's mm -hmm. so cliche to say, but it, it is so much about how, and I think you, probably have an insight on this, David, is how different would the world be? And I know there's extremes to this, but how different would the world be if we just so much as humanity allowed each of us to be who we are? Yes. Doesn't mean we have to like each other a hundred percent. Doesn't mean we have to go along with each other, but it can be, okay, that's you. Got it. That yeah. isn't my cup of tea, but got it. Yeah. But we get so enamored by we have to be this and we have to show up this way. And then suddenly we lose ourselves all over again. And I've seen so many LGBTQ folks come out, start being who they are. And then suddenly they've lost who they are and they're just in a whole new closet all over again. The empathy is a, is a two way street mm -hmm. and it's a two way street to the richness of life. Yes. Um, so there are many, many different uh, variations of what life is. And uh, people who live within it, so we're we're privileged in a way to be within the uh, middle of the spectrum, if you like, of the diversity and inclusion. Um, and then we stand together with often with people who are also discriminated against in in terms of race or culture, etc. Um, 
but that gives us also a, uh, should give us also a perspective on on difference and yes. i think that's the big thing that we should be you know this is a this is a, a treasure we should use this personally i've used it in my global leadership work in my books about different countries and cultures of the world in my explorations of different countries and cultures mm -hmm. so you know diversity is a, is a great thing and that also allows us to breathe and we're privileged to have a good a good viewpoint on it mm -hmm. um, i think the interesting thing with diversity and inclusion is the moment that you can't feel or embrace that part of life whether it's in the work environment or walking down a street or watching what's going on in the world these days that to me is the biggest signal for me and those of you listening to take a breath yeah and i'm not saying that because of <laughs> i can't breathe being the catch words these days especially here in the us but mm. when we can't take a breath and stop and ponder we are not open to seeing things from a different perspective in fact yeah. if you think about what happens when you're in an argument and you're trying to prove your point and you're going to be right no matter what you aren't breathing you yes. are so charged <laughs> and i think that's another hidden demon that we get into this space where okay i got to be this and this is how i got to show up and this is how i'm going to be gay and da, 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 da. and we don't breathe because we're not getting enough oxygen into our beautiful bodies or to yes. feeding our minds to be able to think clearly and we need that breath we need that break we need that pause in order to start if even if that's just the beginning of okay this is how i'm going to start to break the demon down it's yeah. the pause it's the breath it's the stop that that's, gives us clarity that's what i talk about in the book in the six life strategies of the book includes listening observing and being curious mm. i mean standing back from situations standing back from your own life um not having all the answers and not uh, relying only on the agenda mm -hmm. you know we're we're all ready to to jump forward with our views on social media or wherever um and with our clear agenda and this is what we're fighting for etc etc stand back a moment breathe and um experience nuance you know maybe there's a different version of this that's what i've learned in my my travels around the world and studying different cultures maybe there's a different uh, viewpoint here that is quite valuable i mean it's it's unknown to me before but this is quite interesting maybe i'll hold both of those points of view in my mind at the same time and see see where that brings me so so perspective is is important getting out of the uh, the narrow circle and uh, as you say breathing like i recommend going into nature and just breathing with the trees every now and then sounds crazy but the japanese have a have a great expression for it called uh, shinryoku which is translated as forest bathing <laughs> mm. so you just go out into nature and you know let 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 it be let yourself be and as we kind of wrap this up here i want to just acknowledge that as i was reading through the book i haven't got through it but one of the things right out the gate that inspired me was the quote you have by darinda jones that says i stopped fighting my inner demons yes we're on the same side now and when you can really embrace that perspective 
And it's hard, folks. I don't think David and I are either one going to say it's easy to get there. But once you start to do it and you work that muscle and you, yeah. you are able and capable of standing back and go, okay, I know we're kind of working in the same direction here. We're just working from different perspectives. And what, no matter what, your demons in some way are trying to protect you. But what you've got to do is realize the demon is also affecting you in a wrong way. And as soon as you can start to move the demon into a place where the protection is coming from a space of doing you good instead of hurting you, that's when the big strides happen. And for many of us, we have to, it's be, it's, it's about, and I, I love that you brought up the, and I know everybody hears this, so I'm going to say it, even though we've heard it numerous times, you cannot get there if you're living in the past or living in the future, you have to be in the present. Yeah. And it's very difficult for us as humans to realize, okay, I'm just here. What's happening right here. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I do when I get on to record these podcasts is I ensure that all my other work that I've been working on right up to the point of the recording, it is moved to the side of the desk. My phone is within reach, but it's not anywhere that I need it immediately. And all I have is this computer screen and my notepad so that I can just focus and be present in this moment. And I believe that if we all would realize the way to get rid of our demons is to be present with them. Yeah. Look them in the eye, listen to what they're saying and realize you have the power to move beyond them, regardless of what the demon is, whether it's the fear of coming out of the closet or the fear of the only way I can, you know, cure my pain and anxiety is to bathe myself in alcohol or drugs or food or whatever it might be. You can stop fighting your demons and get them on the same side with you if you mm-hmm. choose to allow yourself to go into that space. That's right. And there's, and they're, they're cousins, in fact, of, the, of our true inner selves. Mm-hmm. And if we listen to that inner self voice beyond the hidden demons, um, that's what's going to give us a, a more abundant and fulfilled life and business going forward. So I've really enjoyed this conversation, David. I love where you're coming from. I highly encourage everybody to get the book. We're going to have everything for you to find David's book. The book again is Hidden Demons. And it is a beautifully written book that helps you overcome your fears, anxieties, and really think about how addicted you are to things instead of being addicted to thriving when things are crazy and uncertain like they are currently. So, um, Thank you again so much, David, for being here and joining us. I think this is going to be something that many people can take away and learn something from when we realize our hidden demons are ours to take care of, and we do have the capacity to do it. So yes, we can do it, Rick. Absolutely, (laughs) sir. So, so glad to have you. And um, you can find David on the links that we'll provide to his website, et cetera. So again, thank you, sir, for being here. And thank you too, Rick, for having me. Been great. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end, and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves, and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life Uncloseted? Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about. And you just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, 
we'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted and never stop stepping out, stepping up and stepping in to living your life uncloseted.